Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us on this wonderful Sunday morning. Hey, if you don't know this, we're actually meeting in person at 4 p.m. each week at North Star Church. That actually came about because of the COVID season. We were meeting at West Hills Elementary School and we had been doing so for about four years now. Uh, But due to COVID and social distancing requirements, we stepped in at North Star Church and we just want to say thank you, North Star. Thank you so much uh, for loving us and for being a kingdom people. Hey, that's exactly what we want to continue to be, kingdom people. Uh, We believe that four years ago, God sent a group of us out uh, to really affect our city, that our city would begin to experience the love and favor of God. Uh, That's not about to stop. But there is a change that we're about to go through, and we're looking to actually change the name uh, of, of our gathering from West Hills or Concord West Hills to Midtown Community. The reason that we're doing that is because what we realized is we just stepped out of the West Hills neighborhood, out of providence of God, we believe. And in doing so, we realized that because we want to be a kingdom movement, we want the name to reflect uh, the kingdom movement that we are going to be. We're going to be in the middle of whatever town God sends us. And we're a moving people. We're a mobile people. Uh, We believe that God's about to send us in each season in the way that he wants to send us, and we're staying open. And so what we want to do is we want to shift a name, and it's just a name, Uh, but the movement's the same. The why is the same, and the why that we are after is to extend the love and favor of God to a city and to ultimately a world who is in desperate need of that love that we've experienced. So if you want more information, we're going to be talking about that a little bit this Sunday at North Star, 4 p.m., if you also, if you have questions, uh, you can email us, you can shoot us a text, you can shoot us a message, you can uh, find on our website, connect with us there, and we'd love to answer any questions that you might have. But as we step into the Word today, would you do this for me? Uh, your voice matters, prayer matters, God hears you, and He wants to speak to you today. Would you ask God to speak to you right where you are? And I believe that He will. Right now, ask God to speak to you in the way that you need right now. Father, we just pray that you would speak to us as we open up your Word. We're open and listening. God, we recognize that you hear us and that you want to speak to us. We're listening. Now speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you've got your Bible, uh, we're going to go back to Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to focus in on those verses, but uh, I want to do something a little bit different. We're going to pause. We've been walking through the book of Acts, um, and we see the Holy Spirit moving all through the book of Acts, and we believe that our church movement or the kingdom movement that is all of the gospel-centered churches in our city, we believe they're still actually writing the book of Acts. It's still being written today. You're a part of that writing, that story. And God has planted you in 2020 to continue to write that story. But in the midst of writing that story, we see some instruction through the, the, book, or the book of Hebrews that gives a little bit of instruction to the church about what their holy calling is. Check it out, Hebrews 12, 14 through 16. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. Man, I was, having, uh, I was having bedtime with my kids the other day and just had a great experience. And I just want to encourage you, if you got kids uh, or if you had kids, you understand what I'm about to say. 
if you've got kids, really make that, that time very intentional. As you read stories or as you pray, as you lead, as you love, uh, just spend time with the kids at night. And I'm watching just the benefit of that in my life. I haven't always done that in my life, but as I've stepped in recently and just realized uh, just what God can do at bedtime. We started to have a conversation with my two daughters, though, who began to fight over uh, a specific item that they both wanted. Uh, when they began to fight over the item, I reminded them that um, everything we have is actually mine. They looked at me with absolute confusion as they thought about the fact that their shirt that they were fighting over was dad's? Wait, no, dad, you couldn't put that on. This is my shirt. To which I looked at them and said, what in this entire home have you actually purchased? What have you bought? <laughs> My two girls, ages three and five, looked at each other. And then they looked at me, and I, I, it was like a revelation to them. We've bought nothing. And I said, who's bought everything in this home? He said, well, you have. I said, that's right. And so do you know whose shirt that is? It's my shirt. <laughs> to which my three-year-old looked at me and said, well, Dad, sometimes I steal my bike. You see, what she thought, what she processed in her mind is that if everything is yours, then I am stealing these things from you. But I helped her realize that you're not stealing from me your dad actually freely gave to you something. And if your dad freely gives to you something, then you can freely extend it to those who are in need. It's this beautiful picture, and I just believe that God leads our conversation in that way. But isn't it so easy to forget the truth? We sometimes feel like everything we have is ours. It's all about me. It's mine. But in reality, what the Word invites us to experience and to know today is that everything we have is actually from the Father who gives good things. And so if you belong to Him today, maybe you just need this fresh reminder. He says, hey, it's mine, but I have freely handed it to you. So don't live like this, live like this. And you're going to begin to experience a great, great freedom. But the reality is it's so easy to forget these things or to doubt the fact that God actually did that. In Matthew chapter 28, it's toward the end of Jesus' ministry. And at the end of his ministry, he speaks out to the people and he says, hey, listen, I've got a call for you. I've got a call on your life. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And if that is true, therefore, I say to you, go. Go and tell everyone what I have told you. And remember this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. But Matthew 28 says something very interesting. Upon that invitation, it actually says that some of the people worshiped him because he had died and come to life and then extended this great authority, this great blessing, this great invitation. But it says some people worshiped and some people doubted. What was it that they doubted? I believe as I begin to look at that passage, do you know what I think that they doubted? I think they actually doubted that Jesus had the authority. I think they doubted the fact 
that they were actually the ones who were sent. That's what I want to look at today. I want to look at for the next four weeks, four things that I believe uh, hold us back from our calling in this world, in this life. And as we look at that Hebrews 12 passage, we see the call on our lives to live as holy people, being peacemakers, and see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That's the call. That's the invitation that God gives to each one of us. As we understand that all authority has been given to us, and we aren't just servants, but we are sons. And as you step into this relationship with God, understand this, my friend. You are not a beggar. You're a son. Listen, servants beg. Strangers might beg. But sons come boldly. This is who you are. Galatians 4, 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That just means dad. And because we're sons, we can come boldly to God and our voice matters. You have an authority in Jesus. And if you step in and begin to believe what God has placed to call on your life, then you will begin to experience the power and presence of God in your life. But many of us, many of us, and at times me included, spend our lives begging for God to do something that he's already promised to do. And I want to extend to you what Jesus extended to you. All authority was given to him. So he says, therefore, I extend to you. And I say, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remember, I'm with you. Maybe you need to remember that in 2020. When the world feels like it's falling apart, the promise of this Bible is still true. Jesus is with you. And he's not surprised about what's happening today. And so as you begin to believe that, I promise you'll begin to experience the power and presence of God. But many of us, the one thing we're going to focus on today is held back and not experiencing great power and presence because doubt is the thing that the enemy is using in our lives to stagnate it, to stagnate us, to maybe depress us. And that's just the beginning of a process. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about that, about what this process can look like. But first in the process of becoming discouraged is actually doubt. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that he has given us power, love, and sound mind. This is what the Spirit of God produces in our lives through the power of Jesus. Power, love, and sound mind. And so are you experiencing that today? Then what's holding you back if, if you aren't experiencing that today? Let's take a deeper look at what that could be. You know, sin is always the result of rejecting that power. In some way, it's the rejection of that belief, of that truth. And as you reject that truth, that power, love, and sound mind is actually yours to have through the person of Jesus. As you actually don't receive that truth, it's actually sin. What the Bible says is that anything not done in faith is sin. Anything. You say, wait, wait, Jay, well, hold on. You're saying sin is the rejecting of power? I thought sin is doing something because you think you can do it better than God said to do it. But let's discover more a little bit about what this could mean. Let's, but, but to do that, let's go back to the beginning. You see, in the beginning, God created this perfect world and he put two people in this garden. You've heard this story maybe. 
two people named Adam and Eve, a man and woman, and put, put them in this garden and invited them to live. This is their place. And we have perfect relationship together. You can do anything in this garden you want. Do work. Have fun. Enjoy. This is a perfect place. There's one thing that I'm going to ask you not to do. There is, there is a tree that I don't want you to eat from. And it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And most of us, or many of us, would say that we, we know the story, and Adam and Eve eventually eat from that tree. And the reason they ate from that tree is because they wanted to be like God. But the truth is, Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So what does this mean? Do you see that actually God did create them in his image? The reason that Adam and Eve ate the fruit was not to be like God. It was because they actually believed they weren't like God. It was doubt that actually pushed them to do something they should not have done. You see, if they had understood and actually believed the truth, they would have continued to live in peace with God. But because they decided to doubt what God said and doubt what God did, and the enemy came to them and said, God's holding something back from you. You're missing it. And so they began to doubt the goodness of God. And doubt was the very first thing that really inspired them to move away from God, to do something God didn't intend for them to do. It was doubt. The big question today is, are you working to get holy or are you working because you are holy? You see, Adam and Eve stopped moving in the way of God because they thought that they weren't holy. They wanted to get holy and they thought the way to get holy or set apart or special is that they would move in a direction that God said, don't move to. But what God invites us into is to actually know that through the person of Jesus, we have been declared holy. And if you've been declared holy, then you have a call on your life. But some of us lose the call in our life and we don't continue in the process simply because we do not realize that we are holy and we've been fighting and fighting to get holy and we get tired and we go, where are you, God? But in reality, God wants you to move from a place of being holy, not to get holy. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. The writer of the Corinthian church was saying, and that's Paul, uh, he was inviting the church, don't you know who you are? Why are you settling for this other kind of life? You were meant to be holy. You are holy. So step into the reality of what you are. Don't fight to be something. Receive something. And as you receive something, you'll have the power to be something. Holiness, you see, is first an identity to receive. And second, it is a calling to follow. And if you get that backwards, then you won't be able to continue and you will fall short. 
You have to realize that holiness is yours to receive from Jesus. You see, Jesus lived the perfect holy life, and he did it perfectly. And then he went to a cross and bore a punishment you and I deserve for not doing it perfectly. And the word says that anyone who is to receive this truth will be set free. Peace will be imparted to you as you receive from a holy God the the right to become holy, righteous. And that is the very power of God through the person of Jesus. Would you receive Jesus today and be declared holy? You see, Adam and Eve fell because they doubted their identity. And I have a feeling if you find yourself stumbling and falling, uh, you're probably dealing with some discouragement today because you say, how could I do such a thing? And if you're sitting there saying, how could I do such a thing? Then you're actually probably on the right track. But understand and step in, identify that belief. What do you do about that? And here's what you never have to doubt. What Jesus said, we talked about in the beginning. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Would you believe that today? Would you receive that truth today? And if you receive that truth today, then I promise you there's going to be a fresh breath of air breathed right into your lungs. It's going to be life. And as you receive that truth, it's going to set you free on the inside. And it's actually going to empower you to do the things that you actually desire to do. But that doesn't come from yourself. It doesn't come from the flesh. It comes from the very Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God, as you rest in that belief, 2 Timothy 1.7 now becomes reality. Power, love, and sound mind is yours to have if you receive it. But it comes through the person of Jesus. Have it. You have been declared holy. Understand your great calling. Now step in, my friend. And as Hebrew 12 invites us into, now make sure that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. And here's what you can know. That whole verse of instruction, of invitation, you must first see, if you're going to see your identity, you've got to see that Jesus actually accomplished that first. Jesus didn't fail to extend the grace to you. Jesus didn't fail to be a peacemaker to you. Jesus forsook all the ways of the world and never settled for second best because you know what? You were on his mind. You, my friend. And he knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly his call. He was the Holy One of God. And so he had no business settling for second best because best was waiting for him. And you, my friend, are the result of his work. He declares you righteous as you call out to him. Call out to him today if you need to be declared holy and he will fill you up. He will clean you out. He will give to you a righteousness you didn't earn and he will send you on empowered with his love. And then he invites you, would you come and would you follow? The next instruction that he gives us is, would you join the community of believers? Don't do this by yourself. Get inside a kingdom movement and begin to extend the kingdom to the world. Bring peace. Send grace. Make sure that everyone experiences it. Would you step in? Maybe you've been watching for a time and you're realizing, hey, listen, I haven't been living the holy life. I thought I had to work for something. I didn't feel right about myself. In reality, it's an identity for you to receive. Holiness is yours through the person of Jesus. And now you have an invitation to come and follow. There's two things as we leave today. Number one, would you recognize where doubt actually comes from? 
You see, uh, power, love, and sound mind is from God. But timidity and fear, is what that verse also says, is not from Him. And that timidity is what kind of the same idea of doubt. It's that back and forth. I'm not sure if this is who, I, I don't know if I can. You can because Jesus, and he's invited you. So would you recognize that doubt isn't from him? So if you're doubting yourself today, just recognize what voice that is. And then recognize that power, love, and sound mind is yours. You can have it. Step in. And you, with a great authority, with a voice that speaks and with a joined life to Jesus, can speak to those doubts and say, not here, not today. I will step into my great call of extending grace, even when I don't feel like I deserve to be the one to do that. Jesus said I was the one to do that. So you're allowed, my friend. You're invited. The second thing is that the truth will set you free. And as you receive this truth today, that you've been declared holy, if you'll take that, if you'll have it, it'll begin to unlock some of those things that may be some walls of, of, uh, of, that have boxed you in in your life. This is a great truth that has set you free. So if you want to defeat doubt in your life, there's a truth that you must receive. And the truth is this, that you're not working toward being holy. You're working from being called holy. That's who you are, my friend, through the person of Jesus. If you've reached out to Jesus and he has extended his grace to you and you've confessed him as Lord, that you are his holy temple and he has imparted his spirit to you, now step into that. That's who you are. But you can't do that by yourself. You need a group of people to do that with. So if you're looking for that, we would love to help you discover that. We have life groups meeting all around the city. So would you reach out to us and we want to connect with you. Also, if you have questions about this message and you want to know more about what it is to live the holy life and to be identified as holy, would you also reach out to us and we'd love to connect with you. Thanks so much for joining with us today. And uh, remember, you're the Holy One of God. You're the temple of the living God through the person of Jesus. Now, speak to Him, and let's move in faith today, recognizing that He's with you. Never leave you. Never forsake you. This is really good news. See you soon. 4 p.m. today, North Star. See y'all there.